Hey everyone, welcome back to Logical Bible Study. This is a Catholic ministry that's all about helping you understand the Bible better. We do a verse by verse exegesis on the gospel reading every single day. So we look at the gospel reading from the Mass of the day and we're really diving into it. Our goal is to help you understand what the text meant in its original context, which is where we have to start as Catholics. I know so many of you have benefited from this approach. And if you have as well, can I encourage you to please consider giving to the ministry, consider becoming a financial partner of the ministry so that we can make more episodes, reach more people. It's entirely an independent ministry. It's not funded by any diocese or parishes, so it relies entirely on your listener support. And there are exclusive bonus episodes available to you where we dive even further into the scripture, and that's available through the Patreon page. So if you are willing to become a regular supporter of the ministry through Patreon, there's all sorts of exclusives you can get access to. So please consider partnering with this ministry. And the link for that is in the show notes. We're looking today at a shorter reading, which is Luke chapter 21, verses 29 to 33. Jesus told his disciples a parable. Think of the fig tree, and indeed every tree. As soon as you see them bud, you know that summer is now near. So with you, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. I tell you solemnly, before this generation has passed away, all will have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So what's the context here? What's just happened? So Jesus, he's in Jerusalem. It's the last week of his life. He has already cleansed the temple and now he's teaching in the temple every day in the last week of his life. Just prior to this, he's been predicting the destruction of the temple. So he's been giving basically Luke's version of the Olivet Discourse, where he talks about the signs that will accompany the destruction of the temple and the Jewish-Roman War leading up to 70 AD. And in particular, he's been telling his disciples the signs they should be looking out for, which would indicate that the time is near. So he's now going to finish that same speech about the destruction of the temple with some concluding remarks. So verse 29, Jesus told his disciples a parable. Notice he's speaking to those who are already his disciples. A lot of the gospels become clearer when we really focus on his audience. And in in particular, that's true of parables because typically the parables Jesus gives at the beginning of his ministry, they're usually for the crowds as a whole and they're a little harder to understand and the meaning is not always as clear. Whereas the ones he gives later in his ministry, if you study the the text carefully, they're directed primarily at his disciples and he wants his disciples to understand them so they're a little easier to understand. They're a bit clearer. And that's the case with this parable here. It's a short parable, sometimes called the parable of the fig tree, but it has different names. And in this case, the meaning of the parable is pretty straightforward and it wouldn't have required a whole lot of reflection on the part of the disciples because Jesus actually makes the meaning of this one pretty clear. So he says to them, think of the fig tree and indeed of every tree. Why does he use this phrase? He starts with a fig tree and then changes to every tree. This might suggest that there was a fig tree nearby and he could just gesture towards it and say, think of the fig tree. But then he clarifies it's not about the fig tree specifically, it's about all fig, it's about all trees. He just uses the fig tree as an example of a tree. Now, keep in mind what we're going to see here. It's the parable of the fig tree that Jesus tells. It's different from the cursing of the fig tree, which happens around this same time period, but it's not this. It's, it's a different thing. There's lots of fig trees around Jerusalem, and Jesus uses them for different reasons in this, in this last week of his life. He says, think of the fig tree and indeed every tree, 
as soon as you see them bud, you know that summer is near. So he says they're using your common sense. When you look at a fig tree and you see that it's starting to bud, that means it's going to bear fruit soon. It means that summer is coming. So it's a way of predicting how far away summer weather is, basically. And we do similar things in our society today. We can see by the budding of flowers that a certain weather pattern is just beginning. Verse 31, So with you, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. So Jesus says to his disciples, when you see these things happening, what are these things? That's what you should ask yourself as when you're trying to understand this, the text. It's the things he's just been talking about in the in the sermon before this. So these things would be all the things that will occur in the lead up to the destruction of the temple. So the supernatural signs, uh, the earthquakes and the persecution of the disciples, all the things Jesus listed. Jesus says, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. What then does he mean by the kingdom of God is near? This can have different understandings because earlier in the Gospels, Jesus says, basically, the kingdom of God has already begun. That's sort of, he uses similar language uh, at different points in his ministry. And certainly it's true that in the coming of Jesus to earth, it was the beginning of the kingdom of God. But here Jesus says, there's a further coming of the kingdom of God, which has not yet occurred at the time that he's saying these words. He says to his disciples, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. This is not about our future. It's not talking about the second coming primarily. As we'll see here, Jesus is talking about something that will occur in the lifetime of his disciples. So what was a big event that we could say is the kingdom of God coming that occurred in the lifetime of the disciples? Well, it's 70 AD. When the temple is destroyed, the kingdom of God is inaugurated. God destroyed Jerusalem. He cleared away the old covenant in order to allow the new covenant, the church, the kingdom of God, the messianic kingdom, any word you want to give to describe it. That is when that was inaugurated in a sense. And that's part of historical Christian theology is in 70 AD, the kingdom of God was vindicated or inaugurated through the destruction of the old covenant. And a word for that is the kingdom of God. So when Jesus here says, know that the kingdom of God is near, he's talking about the coming of the kingdom of God in the destruction of the temple. He tells his disciples that as soon as they see the signs that he's mentioned, they should know that the kingdom of God, the messianic age, is about to begin. That's the end of the parable. It's a short parable. He's told them the meaning. It's basically an instruction for his disciples to be alert and ready in the coming years. It's also a reminder to them that when the persecutions begin, and indeed there will be persecutions, he tells them that they should remember that when they start to experience those things, they should be hopeful because it means their vindication is near. The kingdom of God is almost there. Verse 32, he says, I tell you solemnly, or some translations have this as truly I say to you, which means he's about to say something important. Before this generation has passed away, all will have taken place. Another translation is, this generation will not pass away till all has taken place. That phrase, this generation, although it's been taken uh, different ways by different Christian groups, it does have quite a precise meaning, and it basically means the literal biological generation that Jesus is speaking to. Here's how we work out that this text is not about the second coming. It's about 70 AD, because Jesus specifically says that everything he's been talking about will be fulfilled in this generation, in the lifetime of his original audience. It has to be a reference to 70 AD, when the kingdom of God was inaugurated. 
That was 40 years after Jesus speaks these words. If we consider that Jesus is speaking in around AD 30 or maybe AD 33, depending on how you date it, then the destruction of the temple, which occurs in AD 70, occurs around 40 years later. Interestingly, the common Jewish understanding at the time was that one generation means exactly 40 years. And they got that from uh, texts in the book of Numbers, which talk about the wilderness generation, the generation that wanders in the wilderness. They do that for 40 years. So Numbers 32 verse 13 describes those 40 years as one generation. So in the time of Jesus, the phrase this generation probably meant 40 years. And his original audience probably would have, as Jesus said this, they probably would have thought to themselves, okay, everything Jesus has said will occur in the next 40 years. That's probably what they were thinking. And that's how we should understand it too. It's not about the second coming in our future. It's about something that was fulfilled in their own lifetime. He finishes in verse 33, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. That can be understood different ways, that phrase. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. It may have different meanings in different contexts. Some scholars think this means heaven and earth as in the temple, because there's certainly in the temple there's cosmological imagery. There's, uh, they often had pictures of the sun and moon and stars in the temple, and some Jews considered it to be like a model of the universe. So maybe here when Jesus says heaven and earth will pass away, he means the temple, the old covenant will pass away. I think the best way to understand this in context is it's just a figure of speech. It means something like this. Even the universe itself can't be relied on to be here forever. It will pass away one day. But you can be certain that the prophecy I have just spoken will be fulfilled. My words will never pass away. I think that best fits the context. Remember, Jesus was just saying to the disciples, I tell you solemnly, these things will happen. And so I think this is an extension of that. Jesus here is probably not intending to teach something about all of his words as a whole, as in not all of his words, 100% of them will never pass away, although you could extend it to that. But in context, he really just means my words, as in the prophecy I have just given you, will come to pass. They will not pass away. You can be sure that they will be fulfilled. There's similar phrases in the Old Testament, which talk about God's word being more permanent than the universe. So if you look at Psalm 102 and then Isaiah 40 verse 8, there's similar language there. Jesus has more to say in this speech. He's going to finish it off with some concluding remarks towards the end of Luke 21. And we'll look at that in the coming days. There's no catechism references for us to look at. So that is the end of today's episode. If you've learned something new, please share it around with others and keep the ministry in your prayers. And make sure you tune in for tomorrow's episode. This will be our last episode in the weekday cycle of Luke. So make sure you tune in for that to see how Jesus finishes off this speech.